Welcome to On the Up and Up. I'm your host, Kira LaForgia, and every week I'm bringing you behind the scenes of running a successful business. Join me while we laugh, learn, and connect on mostly HR inappropriate topics with successful founders, diverse leaders, and kick-ass employees. It's true, your HR lady may have fired your bestie or made you sign a love contract, but we also have all the hot gossip that will make you better at your job. Whether you're on your way up the corporate ladder, are a fellow HR villain, or are building a culture as a rising entrepreneur. Okay, so we work with a lot of different types of businesses. A lot. Like, the non-niching down situation is a nightmare and also the best thing that we've ever done. Do we have to create new products and templates for every client? Definitely. Do we (laughs) often have to research completely new industries in order to produce excellent work product during our contracts? Definitely. (laughs) Is this something that I would recommend to other business owners? in regards to whether or not they should niche, definitely. And I think that part of that is because when you are creating an innovative business, it is really helpful to be challenged from a bunch of different places. So before we kick off this episode, I just want to start with kind of acknowledging that everyone is coming from a different place. A lot of the listeners that are listening, members of our Set to Scale membership, um, some of our Instagram friends, you know, things like that. Maybe you just searched for, you know, end of year team meeting or team agenda or something like that and ended up listening to this podcast episode. Welcome. Um, But I do want to just say that while this episode is going to be a little bit washed into a one-size-fits-all approach, the purpose of the end-of-year team meeting is not what you think it is. So I have seen, if you take nothing else from this episode, I've seen so much advice out there about running a team meeting that is basically just a list of metrics, of percentage of target, um, missed marks, some successful numbers that have drawn in the team into creating goals for themselves that are, that are going to meant to be motivating them for the next year. And I just want to start by saying this is not one of those end of year meetings. So if you're looking for how to run an end of year meeting agenda that is going to promote a culture that is going to create autonomy and empowerment with the individuals that are on your team if you want to find a team a team meeting agenda for the end of the year that is inclusive of things like metrics and numbers but also of the individual's experience on your team and setting a tone a cultural tone for the way that you want to move forward while also giving a lot of space and recognition to reflecting over the previous year's experience then this agenda is right for you. If you're looking for your standard all hands, let's talk about how many clients we served. Let's talk about how many social media posts we had. Let's talk about our social media growth. Compare this year to last year, blah, blah, blah. This is not 
going to be the the episode for you. Um, by all means, I would highly suggest having all of that information handy. In fact, part of the preparation for this team meeting agenda is going to encourage you to pull that information. But that is not what we're going to be spitting right back out to our team. Our employees are smart, intelligent, innovative, creative invested people. They don't need a list of our successes and failings when it comes to our metrics. But what they do need is to feel that they belong and to feel that they have a sense of worth that is a result of their job. And especially for those of us who have small teams where you know, for example, my team is four people. So everybody is 25% of the product that we're putting out there, including myself. So at the end of the day, some of those employees are full-time salaried people that have been around for a while, shout out. Um, Others were newer people that were hired this year. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to have any reason to motivate those creatives versus the team that does the deliverables versus the administrative assistants that are or PR people or, you know, whoever we have on our team that's helping us with the back end functionality of our businesses. They're not going to have the same interests as our full time salaried employees who are working fully on our client projects. So creating a team meeting that only focuses on metrics that are a little bit involved with this person and a little bit involved with that person, I think can create a really empty culture. It doesn't really create something that an environment where people feel that they're fully seen for their contributions and or heard for their valuable opinions and feedback. So before we go any further, this team meeting agenda and the way that you can build it and the way you can walk through it and how to prepare for it is all going to be available for you in our year-end wrap-up bundle, um, which you can purchase on our shop. So the link will be in the show notes. And we will also be breaking down this team meeting agenda in this episode. So go ahead and hit on that buy button and make sure that you download these materials to make them as customized as possible for you. Um, There's a couple other things in the year-end wrap-up bundle, which we also launched last year and the year before, um, but have just been updated for 2023-2024 so that you can start your next year off on a really clean and intentional foot. But as we always say, people are more complicated than just a checklist. So this team meeting agenda is meant to help to promote you to create something that's really meaningful and lasting for your team, as well as to push forward and identify the areas in which your culture can be represented through an overall reflective environment that highlights the individual's contributions and it gives everybody a chance to have their unique perspective on a work and professional level, but also a little bit of their personal selves too. And that includes you. So this may be a little bit of a stretch, especially if you're a very black and white CEO that likes to keep work and life super separate from each other. Um, But I would encourage you to approach this team meeting agenda, especially the preparation stage with a reflective 
and culture-driven mindset. So think a little bit bigger picture than even just the data that I'm going to encourage you to look at prior to creating your plan. Think about where you want to be at the end of next year at this time while you're putting together this summary, while you're putting together what type of meeting that you're going to have, what kind of culture you want to have, and what are some of those changes that you need to see. And then as you're preparing, which we'll get to in just a second, then we'll look for opportunities to highlight some of those things that are going to push forward into something bigger and better for next year while still acknowledging the the successes and the pitfalls that happened throughout the experience of this year. Um, so first, we're going to start with our initial experience for our employees. So before the meeting, there's going to be a couple of things without throughout the agenda that are going to ask for the input of your team members. So no matter if you have team a team of 25 people or four people or whatever the case may be, you might want to split them into smaller groups if you have a bigger team of over 10 or so. Um, but in the case of brevity, we would suggest sending out a brief overview of what you plan to chat about in the meeting if you don't already do that by default, as well as a few things that they can think about and bring to the meeting so that they can contribute without feeling like they're kind of being called out or, you know, not having a lot of time to reflect themselves and or just saying generic stuff to have their, you know, space be over, but really to contribute in a way that feels meaningful for them um, and that they're comfortable with. Okay, so if you have in front of you the meeting agenda, if you clicked on the show notes and you purchased it, then you can make some notes directly in this document. Um, However, if you are taking notes as we chat and you're planning to use this information to help you to lead a team meeting um, but not planning to purchase the bundle, then here's something that you're going to want to write down. So the overview or the outline of the team meeting is going to be in three different sections. The first is your yearly overview. So this is where you are going to bring the team into an even playing field, showcasing what is important and meaningful to your culture as a whole. So what you choose to highlight in your yearly overview is going to have some meaning behind it. We'll get to that in a minute. Second, we're going to talk about business goals. So it wouldn't be a very productive meeting if we didn't chat through the result of some of the goals that we had throughout the year. But the way that we're going to phrase these goals and the way that we're going to phrase this section, the second section, is not going to be in the way that you think where we're just, you know, hashing out data or talking about missed metrics or whatever the case may be. Um, we're actually going to use it as a launching pad for meaningful discussion and conversation in a reflective setting that doesn't bring shame or anxiety or anything like that, but again, is another way for you to highlight what's important to you in your culture as you're talking to your team about what you've done this year and what has meant something to you and what has been impacted as a result of experiences that you've had throughout the year, not just for you, but for the rest of your team. And then finally, we have our professional and personal intention. So this is the part where your team is going to be contributing on their own level. 
Um, this is the part where you might want to get a little bit more vulnerable and really set the tone with your team, depending on what type of culture that you have. Um, your goal is not to push boundaries or make people feel like they have to be like, you know, crying at the end of your meeting or anything like that, but to more so create a space where your team can be really honest about things that are going on in their life and to kind of reach out a little bit and lend a hand of support from you and from their peers about where they want to go next year and how the company and the team can help them to get there, whether it be a personal or professional goal. It also just kind of like creates an environment where it may be something really small, like they want to drink less coffee throughout the year or, you know, like New Year's resolution vibes. Or it could be something really big that they're bringing the rest of the team in on that is going to really matter to them. And they don't want to have to explain every team meeting or every goal session or everything like that uh, what's going on in their life. So this could be a really great opportunity for them to kind of have a chance to bring the team up to speed on things that are going on personally for them. Um, and open up a little bit more of a deeper relationship between them and their coworkers, especially in a remote culture. This is like water cooler talk that people talk about all the time. So whether you're getting a divorce or you're planning a big birthday party or you're going on a big vacation or um, you're doing some self-improvement stuff that may feel a little bit New Year's resolution-y. Whatever the case may be, whatever is important to that individual, that's the space where you're going to really be able to collectively take all of that information and repackage it and re, I guess, kind of redirect it into part of your small business culture. So it's super, super important that you don't think of this as a New Year's resolution meeting. And really, it's just setting the tone to be reflective and to move forward as a collective unit. And the way that we're going to do that is by psychologically inviting each of our team members to put a little piece of themselves into this reflective meeting so that moving forward, their contributions can be part of the overall culture. Now, I don't mean to make this all about us as the CEOs, but how we react to what our team shares is going to be one of the most pivotal and important things that you can do in this year-end meeting. And it's going to make it so that you can ride out the results of this meeting throughout the rest of this year and into the next year. So with this weird time of year, we're sort of in this purgatory of the holidays. This is one of the more productive things that you can do because it creates a kind of rope between you and your team's culture without necessarily having to have it be all about goals or all about performance or whatever. Um, another really quick thing that I'll say is if you do yearly performance reviews or bonuses or something like that at the end of each year, I would highly encourage you to have this meeting before you do those smaller meetings. It will cut them into a much smaller amount of time because having this collective kind of coming together of the team is a great way to kind of bring an overall perspective, an overall cultural perspective into some of the other year-end meetings that you might be having on an individual basis. So not only is it time efficient, but it also creates more of a cultural impact of the things that they have going on in their lives and the things that they want to share with you or with their coworkers. And it takes it makes it less about their relationship with the CEO or their manager and more about them as an individual contributor to everything moving forward with the team and the environment. OK, so 
in the preparation stage. So basically, we really want to think about preparing for this meeting as a two-part thing. So first, it's to make sure that you collect all of the information that you need in order to have a reflective and thorough approach to the way that you are running this meeting. So essentially, in the document, I listed a bunch of different examples of data and metrics and things that you can collect in order to get to a place of essentially showing up where you're deciding what's really important to the team culture and what's really important to share. So yes, of course, like when you're a CEO, you have information and data coming at you all the time if you're a founder, if you're a manager, whatever the case may be. But actually sitting down, setting this meeting on the calendar for two weeks from now, um, before everybody kind of starts checking out for the holiday break or whatever the case may be, and actually listing out and going and finding the information and the data and the metrics for how your company has performed over the year can be a really transformational experience. But that doesn't mean that we turn it around into a Google Doc and spit it right back out to our team. Let's take a look at what we are, all of the numbers and the data that we're looking at. As a CEO and founder, run it through that analytical brain of ours and think which of these things are going to be the most impactful for our team to see, not only in to serve as a reflection of what happened this year, what data really reflects the experience of this year, but also in how you want that to be interpreted moving forward. So I'm not saying take all of your data and if you had a really bad sales year and say, this is a reflection of this year, <laughs> you know, like we were 40% under our sales targets or, you know, whatever the case may be, unless that's your culture, um, then great, fine, do that. But think about what you want your culture to feel like, what you want it to look like, and how you want everybody to feel when they are taking a reflective look at this year. It's likely that you as a CEO are going to be able to take a look at all the data that you create in the preparation stage and decide which things are the most important to reinforce your cultural um environment and your company's values. So it's not a typical year-end meeting, but sitting down and collecting all the data as if it is a traditional meeting where you're spitting out a bunch of metrics, there's a lot of us that just don't take the time to review everything all at once, and it can be one of the most important things that you do. So ironically, this may be a discussion about how to run a year run a year-end wrap-up meeting agenda, but what it really is, is a time for you to reflect as a business owner, filter that through your beautiful little brain and spit it back out at your team in a way that's going to propel your culture forward in the ways that you want to see changes, improvements, updates, or even just more of the same, but making sure that you're reinforcing what you want to see along the way. Okay, so once you have all that data down in one place, you've taken some time to reflect on it, then you're going to prepare what you want to say in the yearly overview section of your meeting. So remember, the purpose of this is to bring the team into an even playing field, showcasing what is important and meaningful to your culture as a whole. So with our team, for example, we had one employee that's been here for two years, one that started in April, and one that I think came over in August or so. 
So with that said, they all haven't been here for the whole year. So what we want to do is try to bring everybody to zero. So everybody can understand that when we're talking about the yearly overview of the company, we're giving a quick update. So there's a few different ways to do this, depending on what type of business that you work in. Um, But I would say that one way is through quarterly events or quarterly big projects, things like that. You can even choose one main thing to review over the course of like a month to month cycle. Um, There's all different ways for you to do this. And whatever works best for you and what is truly reflective of the way that you think about your business is the way that you should structure this yearly overview. So if you're a company that happens to have, you know, three launches a year and everything feels like it's on this launch cycle, um, then you might actually break it down into the first launch section, the second launch section and the third launch section. Um, If you're more of a split the year into two kind of a thing, then maybe your first part of the year, you talk about the events that happened, the things that you accomplished, what you did some of those big moves, big investments. Um, If you have a team retreat, if you did a party or if you had a big event happen or let's say you had you hired a new manager or somebody that's a really integral part of the team or you had big success as a team or you were featured in a magazine or something like that. Um, It's really all about how you over how you view the yearly structure and the way that you deliver your yearly overview should reflect that. So that's a really good example of how you can influence your culture by showing and not telling what's important to the business. So if for whatever reason you are in an evergreen business and for whatever reason you don't really have a flow, but every month you take a look at your numbers, you take a look at your sales, you take a look at your metrics and you take a look at your payroll and all that stuff, then it's okay for you to explain the business in the way that you see it to the rest of your team. That will help to encourage a cultural language so that you can isolate what's really important. If one way that this could happen in the future is if somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, I think that every quarter we should do a project, blah, 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 but you think on a monthly basis, then you can let them know, actually, you know, we think of things on monthly cycles. So let's break that project down a little bit more into monthly pieces of a project that can add up into something bigger over time. So those are all ways that you can infuse your culture into the way that you are presenting this information at a meeting. You'll notice that I didn't say, how much money did you make this year? Tell them right away. <laughs> that, that may not be what this is about. You may not have a transparent culture in that way, which is totally fine. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of highlight how these little decisions and how you present things to your team can actually make a massive impact in the way that your culture is represented overall. Okay, so then part two was all about our business goals. So we want to spend a little bit of time reviewing positives and negatives in a direct way to set the stage for goal setting and improvement in the new year. This is a reflective exercise, so allowing the team to absorb the information and participate without requiring a result. So you'll notice that I said set the stage for goal setting. So of course, we know that we can't really get anywhere in life without goal setting and metrics and things like that. But this meeting is not to produce. This is a reflective meeting. So being able able to talk through some of the things that maybe didn't work out great or that did work out great with an open floor um, is a really great opportunity for your team to show up in a non-judgmental way and to talk about 
what they would like for their culture of their company, for their job, for their autonomy, for that empowerment. We're often hearing from CEOs that want to create an entrepreneurial environment for their team so that they don't feel so alone when showing up as a CEO. And I fully agree with and understand why we would want to do that. But this is a great opportunity to allow your team to see and feel the empowerment that you're giving them as entrepreneurs within your business along the way. So remember that at this stage in the meeting, you will have already directed what is important to the company by explaining the yearly overview from the perspective that's important to your culture. So through the cultural lens, when you prepared, you decided what was important, what you thought could affect the culture in a positive way, and how you can add some legitimacy to it based on information about things that actually happen throughout the year. So with the business goals section, there's going to be two different parts. The first is the areas of improvement that you might need to make as a company, as a business, as a whole. And the second is the wins of the business. So being able to isolate the experience of the employees as they're not alone in their pursuit for excellence in their job. And when the business, when somebody is successful in the business, the business wins as a whole. Is This is a really good time to outline that as a cultural initiative. So what makes you a leader of a team versus a solopreneur is your ability to create a space where even individual successes are felt as a whole. And that is not only just in the way that the company responds to individual successes, but also in the way that the team embraces those individual successes and you actually start to see the ripple effect of an individual contributor contributing to the collective as a whole and feeling really appreciated, seen, and heard, and celebrated. So this is a great way to do that and to also not just have everything be smoothed over with a positivity paintbrush and actually addressing things that maybe didn't go that well this year. Talking about feedback that you got from clients that maybe needs to be addressed or changed. Um, opening the floor a little bit and having there be opportunities for your team members to talk about how they were influenced by feedback that they got throughout the year if they want to. Now, the, the tricky thing about this section is that we're not here to control the input that people make or that they choose to add through the business wins and through the areas of opportunity, but or the areas of improvement and the opportunity for ways to get better and things like that. So just keep in mind that this meeting isn't about you controlling things. It's about you using this as an opportunity to redirect attention should it need to be. So let's say we have, you know, we sometimes end up with an employee who's kind of like a stick in the mud. And when it comes to the areas of improvement or areas of opportunity, they've got a laundry list of things that they want to talk about and how much things sucked this year or bad feedback that we got from clients or, you know, this, that and the other. And all in all, we don't want anybody to feel like they can just stand up and trash the company as a whole. Um, but I would encourage you to be prepared for those situations, especially if you want to maintain control and autonomy over the course of the meeting without shutting somebody down. So for example, if somebody's like, I have something I want to share and then they end up like ripping into a client or something like that. 
then instead of thinking of it as like, wow, I really need you to stop, it might be more of a situation where you're like, okay, well, let's talk about our company's values a little bit more. How can you connect your contribution to our company culture or our values? Because I want to make sure that the time that we're taking um, today is spent in a positive way that's pushing us forward. So it's instead of creating a situation where people can just dump and dump and dump, it's really going to be more about inviting them into a discussion with them having the same goal as you. So that way, if you do end up having to say, you know what, it sounds like you have a lot of negative feedback from clients that you want to talk about. This is really about reflection and company culture and trying to figure out how to move forward together and collectively as a team. It sounds like we have an opportunity to sit down and talk through some of this feedback from a process-driven perspective. So let's go ahead and put that on our end of meeting agenda to get that on our calendar for the first week of the year. Um, And let's stay focused on the things that the changes that we made that were positive and how that feedback has contributed to our culture as a whole. So you can hear that we value this person's perspective, but we want to redirect them and not just shove them aside and have them see that actually what you're saying is important, but it's not necessarily what we're talking about in this meeting right now. And I don't want to get off track because this whole goal is to bring everybody together and collectively move forward so we can be there to support each other as well as support the company through our next phase of growth and through the next year. So is there any other things that you might want to add in that could actually contribute to our cultural conversation? Because I'm really interested in all of your thoughts on the client feedback, but I just don't think this is the right meeting for that. And I don't want to take up everybody's whole entire night, you know, that kind of a thing. Okay, so keep in mind that most of our teams are not going to have people like that. And they may show up and may not have much to add in these areas. And that's totally fine, too. But it is a really good idea to make sure that at least in the next section, your team has the ability to prepare a little bit ahead of time, Um, especially if you are going to require them to participate. So the final section of the team agenda, the year-end team meeting agenda, is the New Year's intentions. So people will talk a lot about their resolutions, they may even choose to get a little bit into that mode when they're sharing these things here. But these are the four questions that you are going to answer from a vulnerable and culture-driven perspective based on how you want your team to mirror that culture back to you. And these are also the four questions that you're going to send out to your team prior to this meeting, at least a few days earlier, so that they can take a note of what they want to share when it comes down to this time. You can require them to share or you can ask them nicely to share or, you know, whatever you want to do. Some cultures are going to be like, would you like to volunteer and share? Other cultures are going to be like, I want to do this activity. I'd love it if you'd all participate. And if they decide to opt out on the day of the meeting, then fine. (laughs) You know, those things are fine. Um, But I think for the most part, especially with our small teams, just being able to say, like, I'm going to share all these things about me. And I'd love for all of us to have a moment to share so that we can be there for each other, not only just professionally, but personally um, in any way that you feel comfortable sharing in the new year and throughout the rest of this holiday season. I think it really does create a little bit more of an intentional relationship. Now, are you going to see a whole bunch of memes 
and TikToks about how these things make people want to die? Probably. Are your employees going to be like, oh, God, I don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah? Maybe. But what I found, and call me nerdy if you want to, I don't really care (laughs) at this point, is that people really do want to feel seen and heard by their boss. They often want to feel seen and heard by their fellow coworkers. And a lot of times they don't have the opportunity to bring something up in a remote work setting that may be important to them. And we're missing a huge opportunity by not facilitating these conversations with our team throughout the year, but I always think that this is a great time to do it because we are also coming off a meeting. This is the third part of a very reflective and overarching meeting about an entire year. So being able to kind of take a step back and think a little bit about where we want to go and where we want to be next year at this time, we're going to already have been prepared for this. So the things that we're going to be saying while we answer these four questions, which I haven't even said yet, um, are going to be really impactful. So if when you're walking into this, it's most important that you are prepared for what you want to say at this point, because it can be really difficult to drive the culture of a company when you're off the cuff all the time. Um, so I would highly suggest preparing in advance what how you want to contribute to this New Year's intentions piece of the conversation. Um And probably for most of this meeting, you've done most of the talking. So with the exception of opening up the floor um, throughout part two to talk about any wins that we may have forgotten about or to talk about any areas of opportunity or, you know, things that we can do better, areas of improvement, which probably yielded a couple little things here and there, but not much. Um, let's be honest, everybody's just waiting to answer the questions because you already told them they were going to have to. So they're just waiting for their moment. <laughs> um, but I do think it's really important to note that even though people might make fun of these types of activities, they really do foster a sense of community and culture within your team. Um, and they also give your team permission to bring a little bit more of themselves to work. And there's plenty of research out there, but there's also just the general feeling in my observation that the more comfortable people are bringing their full selves to work or as much as they're comfortable bringing, the better work that they do, the more engaged they are, the more loyal they are and dedicated that they are to the company as a whole. And also the more innovative they are, the more likely they are to bring ideas and improvements and to really think on a on a higher level. Um, Okay, so the four questions, and remember, you're going first. Your high of the year, your low of the year, your professional goals for next year. Remember, these are for you, not for the company. Part two was about the company. This is about you as a leader, you as an individual, you as a professional. You know, just because you are their manager doesn't mean that you don't have your own professional goals. So being able to share those is going to be a really nice moment for your people to see that you're continuing to work on yourself, to seek mentorship, to seek education, to show up even better for them um, if that's the case, or just to show that it's okay to have professional goals that maybe have nothing to do with the day-to-day of their job. Um, And then finally, your personal intention for the upcoming year. So you can go as deep or as shallow as you want. Now, what I would just recommend is especially for your, these four questions, your high and your low of the year, your professional goals and your personal intentions, is that you model the type of boundaries and communication that you want to see with the rest of your team. So, for example, if you have a really open culture and people are very well aware of that open culture. Maybe it's very blunt. Maybe it's really honest, Um, especially if you are a culture of women that share a lot, work together for a long time. 
talk about motherhood, talk about fertility, talk about, you know, all the things that come with being a woman, then you might actually be a little, have your boundaries be a little bit less solid when it comes to what you're sharing for your personal intentions. However, if you want to build a culture that has a little bit more strict of boundaries, that keep things a little bit more professional, then your professional goals and your personal intention for the upcoming year should maintain a little bit more on the safe side of those boundaries. So just keeping in mind that you're not going to, you don't have to show your most vulnerable side in order and most, you know, protected secret side in order to create a vulnerable moment of sharing. You can actually create a really vulnerable moment and to show your true dedication and authenticity to your team to the level in which you feel comfortable and what should reflect the way that you want your company culture to be. This is why I say that you should prepare these team agendas in advance or team meeting agendas in advance because it can allow you to be reflective on the overall meeting tone and it can also allow you to be really intentional about how you're building your culture as a result of what is discussed in this meeting. Okay, so now make sure that you're reviewing the time at this point too. Most people are going to answer these questions. It's just going to take them a couple of minutes, but we want them to have whatever amount of time that they want when they're discussing these these four things. So whether you go all around once and everybody says they're high for the year and then you go all around again and you say you're low for the year and then you go around and talk about your professional goals and everybody says one, that could be a great way to do it if you're running short on time. Um, if you've got a little bit of flexibility on time or you have a smaller team, then you can go through each of these as as one person at a time. You're high, you're low, you're professional and your personal intention. Um, so keeping in mind that you do just want it to be meaningful and you want it to matter. This section should be the part where you're spending the most time. Um, the whole meeting could be anywhere from an hour to 90 minutes to maybe even just a half an hour, depending on how big your team is. But don't underestimate how memorable and impactful it can be for a team to sit even on a Zoom call with, you know, a glass of wine or something like that on your last, you know, team meeting of the year and chatting through things that really matter to them um, and that really feel that they're in line with the culture and they feel connected to the company and connected to their coworkers. So in small businesses, it's just as important to keep focused on your why when it comes to what you're selling or what you're providing for people. But it's also really important as a leader to shift your mindset into making meaningful events and meaningful conversations part of your culture, especially during times like this throughout the year where work is kind of secondary to other things that we have going on in our lives. So adding in that extra layer of meaning can be the difference between somebody putting out some job ads or putting out some job um, applications in January and um, and it could be the or could be the difference between them, you know, cashing in another year with you and being really invested in what your company does and being a part of a culture. I know that throughout my corporate career, there have been times when I really cared a lot about the people that I worked with and the culture that I was in more than I cared about the job. And that kept me going to work just the same way that the functionality of the job and what I actually did every day was right in line with my values and my goals. And so I, you know, showed up with just as eager as when um, it wasn't even that professional. You know, my my motivations weren't 
to to do a good job at work haven't always been strictly professional or career driven. A lot of times they've just been because of my team, serving my team, being a part of a culture that I loved, things like that. So there's a lot of ways to get through to people. And this reflective meeting should set you up to create a really intentional and people first environment for you and your company to show up for your team during what can be a really happy or a really hard time of year for everyone. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know that it can be really overwhelming to think about facilitating a meeting that creates so much meaning in your employees and your team members' lives and their professional careers and things like that. But I encourage you to show up for them even if you feel silly or if this is something that you haven't done before. Um, especially if you're not going to be relying on metrics and summaries and things like that. It can feel a little bit weird, um, but I know that it really matters and it really makes a difference when you create the space for people to show up fully as themselves and through an intentional and a reflective way through this meeting agenda. So visit that link in our show notes. Make sure you buy the year-end wrap-up bundle and we'll see you next week. If you're listening to this, you've stuck with me for this entire episode. And for that, I say thank you. I hope you found as much value in this week's topic as I do. If so, be sure to follow, rate, and review on the Up and Up podcast. You'll be helping others find the fun in HR too. Follow us on social media and join us next Wednesday for your weekly dose of On the Up and Up.